my, my job is to somehow make them curious enough or persuade them by hook or crook to get more aware of themselves and where they came from and what they are into and what is already there and just to bring it out. This is what compels me to compel them. And I will do it by whatever means necessary. Welcome to the Black Girls Heal podcast, where we talk about healing our intimacy disorders, unresolved trauma, and building a healthy relationship with first ourselves and then others. Every episode, we will talk about advice you can apply today to break unhealthy patterns and grow in your self-worth. I'm Sheena Lachey, love addiction coach and trauma specialist. Let's begin. Hello, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Black Girls Heal. I hope that you're doing well wherever you are. So in today's episode, we are pivoting from our self-love focus and series, and we are focusing back on home, back on relationships, dating, love addiction, love avoidance, love deprivation, and back to our roots. And we're kicking it off with talking about the difference between codependency and compatibility. Codependency being that loss of yourself when you're in partnership or relationship with a person. So this can be a lover, it can be a friend, it can be a family member. It can be uh, an entity, a group, it could be with work, but it's where you will eliminate, neglect, not be aware of, deny your own personal needs, wants, feelings, desires in order to take care and to appease somebody else. Sometimes it is because you are completely, again, unaware that they are needs of yours uh, because you have become fixated on making the other person happy, healthy, comfortable, Uh, pleased with you, whatever it may be. And sometimes you are aware of what it is that you want and that you need, but you will gaslight yourself and you will um, really minimize and deny that it's that big of a deal. Or you'll say, well, I have to meet them where they are and compromise or my needs are important, but I'm going to try to attend to theirs and then it'll be my turn next. You'll do all these mental gymnastics to, again, really put yourself on the back burner and to self-abandon for the sake of a partnership, friendship, relationship. And the reason this gets mistaken for compatibility, because these codependent patterns are usually ones that are very familiar to us because it may be how we grew up. So we are very familiar with codependency because we learned to be codependent in our families. Maybe we had bullying or uh, or school group situations where around our peers, we learned how to attend to what's going on in the group and what it means for our survival, not only emotionally, but maybe even physically. And so all these patterns just get baked in. And even if they are causing problems and dysfunction, it feels familiar. It feels normal. It feels like home. So when you meet someone that pulls out these codependent triggers, it feels like like there's magic there. And because you may not have that awareness to know what's going on, you think that you have found your new best friend. You think that you found your person. You think that things are going really well in your family relationships, not realizing that you are on this codependent cycle um, and things are just going to continue to escalate or crash and burn and that you will be hurt on the other side. So In today's episode, I'm going to talk about what codependency looks like, and then I'm going to talk about what compatibility would actually look like in this situation. So codependent patterns that you may or may not be doing or may have been doing in the past. And actually, if you were truly compatible with this person, what would be occurring? 
So that is where we're starting today. So before we jump in, I just want to ask, I would love, love, love if you have been enjoying this podcast, if it is something that you um, have found helpful in your healing journey. If you haven't already, if you could leave a review on your favorite podcast player so that other people can find this podcast, um, the ratings, the, the stories, the testimonials really means a lot. And you may have already seen that yourself when you were looking for a podcast and you were checking this out. So We'd love if you would leave a review, share this podcast, tag us on social media, send it to someone you think we need it. Um, It all really helps. So let's go ahead and jump on in. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. Okay, so let's talk about it, ladies. So codependency. So instead of these being straight bullet points, um, there are three different scenarios that I'm going to be talking about. I have like it in, in a little chart right now. And on one side, it's codependency and on the other side is compatibility. So they're going to be different chunks. So here's the first chunk of what codependency may look like in a relationship versus compatibility. The codependency may look like you may get a rush and feel really happy when you think about all the ways that you can help him or her be better in their life. You may get really excited about being able to help them because it's something that you like to do. It may be that what they have a gap area in is something that is a strength of yours or something that you've helped other people with before. So you get really excited that you get to be useful to them. Um, and you feel really grateful that you found someone who may also be open to being helped, one that needs to be helped and that is open to being helped. And this is all because when you're codependent, again, going back to how we are groomed, raised, trained to be, we have, we are trained to be that we are in our highest level version of ourselves when we are being useful in a tool to someone else. So you know, if you've heard me teach about intimacy disorders before, one thing that I always say is that all these qualities have strengths in them. So it's not black and white and like, oh, when you want to be helpful, or if you're very generous, or you're very compassionate, you have to get rid of all of that to be healthy and healed. Those are superpowers that you have to be generous, to be merciful, to be open-hearted, to be thoughtful, to be insightful, to again, be helpful. These are all amazing things to have. But when you are in a series of codependent, love addictive relationships, you give all these skills, one to people who cannot reciprocate, don't want to reciprocate, don't know how to reciprocate. And so you're always in the place that is over giving. And also number two with to that point is never enough. There's never enough help, affirmation, care, patience, forgiveness that you can give these people to where they actually come up to being better people, to being better partners, to being better friends, to being better family members. And it always seems like it's just on the cusp. It's just on the cusp cusp to them being able to be reciprocated um, for them to be able to reciprocate what you're giving to them for them to say thank you for them to realize all that you're giving them you know for them to finally be happy and and whole and um, lucid and whatever else but that day doesn't come because you are in a codependent relationship so what does it look like when you are a helpful generous person who is in a relationship with someone who is compatible the way that that looks is 
you are in a friendship, a relationship, a family connection with someone who is actively contributing real, sustainable assets and skill sets and strengths to your life. I'm going to say that again. Real, sustainable, tangible skills and assets and strengths to your life. One of the things that I will commonly hear someone who is in a love addictive or codependent relationship say when I ask them what that other person does for them is, is some variation of, well, they listen to me and, you know, they're always there for me emotionally and always has air quotes under it. Right. But it's the fact that they have at some point in time held space for them. And, you know, the bar is so low because to them that is that is really significant. It is a huge gift and it's because they have been surrounded by people who do not listen to them. They have been surrounded by people who do not care about their emotions, about their feelings. They do not have a safe space. So for them to have someone who actually listens and they feel at some point in time in the conversation uh, not judged, that is something that needs to be celebrated and acknowledged. But here's the thing. Someone listening to you and treating you with respect is not a novel experience. It may have been novel for you based on your your history and your background and people around you who may have betrayed and hurt you. But having people who actually care about your thoughts and your feelings and your personality and care about you and care about your stories, once you break out of these cycles, is a dime a dozen is a dime a dozen because those are normal, healthy human interaction skills. And then you get to narrow it down to, okay, this person is listening and stuff, but do we actually click? Do we actually vibe? Do we actually go together? You know, do we, do we match? And that is the difference between you meet people who are great people, but they're just not your people. Right. And there is a neutral statement. There's nothing wrong with that, but you find people that you actually vibe with and that you connect with. But I think when it comes to love addicts and love avoidance or yeah, love avoidance as well, um, whenever they are getting in touch with their vulnerability or they finally open up to someone, that we are so starved for that acceptance and so starved for that, for being seen and so starved for being loved. So that when someone gives us a piece of that, then we act as if that it, it matches everything that we're giving to them going back to the codependency piece. So um, it feels like it's equal playing field, but it's not. Right. You are still the one who's over showing up, over committing and not standing in the relationship. And so going back to compatibility, you need to look at the same way that you are bettering this person. Right. If you meet someone and the way that y'all merge and match is that y'all are, um, you know, each other's balance. Right. Where your strengths are is where their growth areas are and vice versa. That is beautiful. You just want to make sure that that person actually has strengths real strengths, real strengths that they are actively cultivating in their life on their own without you having to remind them of it or being their, their, um, their coach or their guide, right? They have their own internal coaching guide. They have their own internal compass. They have their own internal sense of confidence. And you are just someone who's on the side as a supplement and as a cheerleader, and so they are the ones who are fully accountable for their own life and they don't need your help. They may be open to your help and your encouragement, but they don't need it, right? That we, when you're codependent or when you're used to being codependent relationships, you're really good at finding people who need, who need 
and you need to be needed. And so that's what the fit is. That's, that's why it feels like it's a match made in heaven until it's not. The second scenario for the difference between codependency and compatibility is when it is codependency, you will find that your life gets absorbed into theirs. You cannot emotionally cope when there's too much space or distance. Normal couple conflict and distance is seen as failure on your end, of failure on your end, that you've done something wrong, that it's a crisis, that it needs to be fixed. It's really hard for you to feel stable unless something is rectified between y'all and so when it comes to compatibility and being in a healthy compatible relationship normal merging absolutely occurs especially if you're in a romantic partnership but also in friendships and in relationships right to where you're spending time together and you you start to maybe share hobbies together you may be doing things together and you may merge your friend groups and stuff like that but in a healthy partnership you are still two distinct individuals who you still have your own thoughts, you have your own hobbies, you have your own groups, um, you have your own ideals. And the difference is even if the way that your coupleship works is that y'all are really so alike in so many ways. So there really is like this overlay. There really is a, a, a really clear merging of lives. You're not, you don't have lives. There are some couples who have lives that kind of run parallel and they have overlapping, but they still have very much distinct lives. And there are some couples who, you know, when we look at our Venn diagram, like those circles are dang near, <laughs> you know, fully overlapping into one. And so there's neither one is better than the other. What the problem is and what may make that codependency in either way is if, well, actually more in the overlapping of two concentric circles, but what may make it problematic with codependency is in that merging that you have a hard time knowing how to define what are your thoughts versus their thoughts. That if they decide to do something else, if they decide to change the the routine or script, if they decide to get a different interest or, you know, change something about their life to what fits them better, you're in complete disarray because you have merged fully your identity and what you do and how you show up and what you think about yourself into being this this new entity in this coupleship right so instead of the coupleship being something that you know you're both imagine imagine you have a, a giant glowing ball of light and that glowing ball of light is your relationship when you are two people who are compatible and more interdependent both of you have your hands on this ball right? But y'all are still two separate folks, right? You're holding the ball together. You may have your ball, your hands inside the ball, like into the light a little bit, but y'all still have your full selves on the other side. When you are codependent, you are trying to climb up in that ball. <laughs> like you are trying to fit it on for size. You are trying to completely emerge yourself into that ball of light in hopes that, you know, you can fit in there and that you can just be this entity and there's a loss of yourself. Um, you are now, you know, you, no one can see you anymore because this coupleship has been become your everything. So you want to make sure that you still have your own personality that you have your own thoughts 
I think sometimes love addicts really want to find a partnership because it will give them the relief to having to have to think and have to try and have to show up and have to figure out who they are. You know, especially if you have left different settings, if you have, if you're maybe, maybe you're one of those people who has checked everything off your list, you know, and so you're just looking for, okay, well, what do I do now? Who am I now? And you're looking for that next stage, the next step to kind of tell you who you are because you don't know how to tell yourself who you are. And it's very easy to merge yourself into, okay, I am such and such as girlfriend, or I'm such and such as wife, or I'm such and such as mom versus I am still, um, you know, Talisha, but I'm Talisha. And I also have roles as mom, as wife, as sister, but this is who Talisha is, right? Or I am still Toya and I am business colleague, business partner. I am girlfriend. I am, you know, super auntie, but this is me as Toya. And this is what is important to Toya. This is what's important to Lisa. This is what is important to Danielle, right? And really being able to know that and hold that into your relationship and making sure that you're with people who are compatible with that. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. As our country continues to grow and make new meaning of the intersection between current and historical events, it is so important to stay connected to the voices and the leaders who are influencing what progress, connection, equality, and truth mean to us as Black people. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection from some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcast that center Black voices. It's NPR Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as varied, nuanced, and Black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get your podcasts. Love addicts, we are great codependents. All all love addicts are codependents, but not all codependents are love addicts. So you may hear me um, interchange those a little bit, but... true compatibility comes when you know who you are and what you want and what's important to you because then you get to find the people persons places entities that match and fit your 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 needs and your desires so again as love addicts we're great at becoming chameleons we're great at becoming needless and wantless to fit whatever relationship we're in and so we have to be really really mindful of is this actually someone who meets what i 
need or am I just really good at making things work? Am I really good at making myself feel small or uh, making myself small or, you know, pulling a Alex Mack? That's a millennial reference for <laughs> for some of you who will get that and some of who, who don't. But like where you will, you know, liquefy yourself and fit into whatever crevice you need to 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 make it work. You know where how do you show up? And or do you even show up at all? And it's okay to be antagonistic. It's okay for my codependence. It's okay for you to really share your thoughts and your fears and to disagree and to show up with, with full light and to show up with your full chest. You know, one of my um, good friends, they uh, were talking to me about the book and this book, this is an older book. I mean, it's not an old book, but it's you know, older in the scope of, you know, the self-help development books, but it's become a little bit of a standard, the book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. And, you know, I saw the book when it first came out. And even though I love God, but I cuss a little here on the podcast, like I don't, (laughs) I typically don't really um, get attracted to things that are that, you know, crass and that um in your face you know I need I need something a little bit gentle talk to me nice you know and so but you know I've been talking about a lot of things that you know I talk about here and growth and healing and stuff and they were like I really like this book and I think you would really like it too or that it could really help you and you know just showing up and being yourself unapologetically and so I haven't gotten here. This is me saying the book. I'm not fully recommending the book because I haven't gotten far enough into the book to say yay or nay, but it fits what I'm talking about here. But I've gotten through um, part of the first chapter. And, you know, one of the things that the author really talks about is unapologetically saying what it is that you want and that you need and coming to that place where you just don't give a fuck is what has set so many people free and um, what has been the catalyst for so many people um, finally being able to get everything that they want but even in that he talks about getting everything that you want is really about learning what is important to you and standing in your personal truths and whoever stays is the people who are supposed to stay and whoever leaves are the people who are supposed to leave And of course, there's nuance there, at least I think he's going to say, maybe he's not, for those of you who have read the book, but it feels like he does have nuance for there is self accountability, you can't just go through the world being a horrible, shitty person, and then, you know, saying what was me, if that is not part of your ideals, and how you want to show up, and saying, well, I'm just completely standing in my truth, you know, this doesn't omit your bad behavior, you you acting in your insecurities by pushing people away and acting as if you don't care is still you hiding is something that I did read him say in uh, this first chapter. But I think as codependents, we are so afraid of rocking the boat. We really want to be loved. We really want to be uh, seen. We really want to feel safe. And so um, being in a partnership or being in a relationship or being in a friendship where you disagree Uh, where there is friction, where one person is annoyed at the other, or there's frustration, and your mind has always meant danger. It has always meant that there is a dissolution coming. It has always meant, okay, well, let's just prepare for the worst. Even if we get over this friendship, 
There's no way that they're not going to hold this over me because people have done it before. So forgiveness, true forgiveness is a rare concept. Um, True reconciliation is not there. And you may uh, live in fear about the the disagreement or you may really go into your appeasement and try to make everything better and like overcompensate and make things weird because you're really trying to fix something that doesn't need to be fixed and it kind of throws off the energy of your relationship and so you know bringing this back to the compatibility part as and getting out of codependence is you seeing that you having needs and wants and a voice is exciting to healthy friends and to healthy partnerships and to family, you know, being able to, to match. So, you know, even when you think about Velcro, the way that Velcro works is that there is pardon these not being the correct terms, but there's the fuzzy side. And then there's the sticky side that has the prongs that sticks to the fuzzy side. And when you get two of those same types together they don't fit together they need to be opposites for them to match jigsaw pieces there needs to be difference in cuts there needs to be difference in shapes for them all to come together our differences is what makes our relationships stronger it's what makes them last it's what makes them vital it's what makes them exciting it's what makes them grow it's what makes them flourish and for those of us who are codependents, we have learned to buff out all of the rough edges. We have learned how to make ourselves silky smooth like porcelain. And just so nothing can stick, right? Nothing can stick and we can be smooth and we can like fit in wherever it is. Um, And so us learning how to grow, grow that stubble out, (laughs) learning how to, are y'all liking all these metaphors that just keep coming out? (laughs) They're like the most random metaphors, but there was coming. Um, us learning how to like, let, let us, let ourselves like shift and grow and have pointy corners and all that stuff is very uncomfortable for us. We like to be our small, porcelain smooth balls right we like to kind of blend in to where no one can say anything because it's how we stay safe but for you to get what you want my love you are going to need to stand out and you're going to need to learn how to stand out and stand out loud so that whoever you want to match with friendship romantic wise or family can actually connect with you so that they can have something to latch on to and and hold on to Um, and that brings us to our last difference between codependency and compatibility. Again, as a reminder, if you are enjoying this podcast episode, please share with a friend or a loved one and would love to get a review on your favorite podcast player so that other people can find the podcast. So the third situation scenario or of difference between codependency and compatibility is noticing where you may overfilter what you want and what you need or what you may want to say because you are again trying to keep the peace you're trying to make things comfortable you're trying to save things for the right time you're trying to handle all your emotions and thoughts yourself because you don't want to burden them or it's not that big of a deal or you think you already know what they're going to say whatever it is you are not sharing 
all of your thoughts, right? So the other point was about you actually showing up and figuring out who you are, what you want, your personality, you know, living your life out loud, however that is, um, having your own entity and identity was the second point. And this is talking about uh, your your voice and, and vocalizing that and showing up and how you communicate with someone. And, um, or the fact that you don't communicate when you are leaning into codependency and you may think that you are just being conscientious. Hopefully I said that right, but it's, it's your trauma. It's your trauma. And so the way that compatibility shows up is not only are you sharing what you, what your thoughts and what your feelings are, is that you are compatible with someone when you have either similar communication styles that complement each other or that you are both, both of you actively working to understand the other one's point of view. If you are the one who is always the one actively understanding your partner's point of view, you are the one who is over communicating. You are the one who is trying to translate what they are saying. You're the one who are saying, who's always saying, okay, let's talk about this. Let's fix this. You're the one, you know, if it's always you and that person either does not um, ever initiate these conversations themselves or rather because I think this is what trips up some of us. Some of us are in relationships with really great, amazing partners who truly love us and care for us. But because they do not verbalize emotions and conflict resolution and they don't want to come and sit down and let's have a talk and like get really deep with it we feel like they don't care and we feel like they um, really are kind of thoughtless when it comes to this, but really we don't understand how they are communicating and how they check in on us and um, what it is that they, and how it is that they show up. And so what you're actually looking for is, do I have a partner that ever seeks to understand me, period? And they seek to understand me, not because they got in trouble or not because, you know, they want something or they're trying to use it against me, but because they actually enjoy me and like me as a person because they want me to be happy. So whatever language it is that they try to do this in, are they actively trying to meet me where I am? Are they actively trying to get me and study me as their partner? as their friend, as their lover, as their friend, as their family member, right? And if you are always the one who's fixing it, um, again, I think we can kind of get addicted to that high of, okay, we had, you know, when you're, when you are a long-term codependent, part of what is normal to you is having things be nice. And then there's a fight or there's a disruption, and then things are calmer. And then there's another fight and disruption. And that up and down roller coaster is intoxicating. That is part of your nervous system's foreplay, right? And so when you get into friendships or relationships or family dynamics, where there's like, you know, a, a time of calm, but then a big blow up and then a time of calm and a big blow up, no matter how chaotic it may seem, that is you're normal. And so that is sexy. That is exhilarating. So there is so much endorphins and um, I'm assuming probably like do dopamine that even comes out after y'all have a big fight or disagreement. And then you have like a heart to heart conversation or something gets resolved. Like the, the, the relief that comes with that, the pleasure that comes with that, like that is like a full 
body experience. Those of you who are codependents, you know, you know how that feels. And so um, you can think that you have successfully worked through something when really you have just successfully created, uh, completed a trauma cycle. Right. And so that's the high that you're feeling right now. You are right back in the game. And so to be in connection with someone where there doesn't have to be all the ups and downs and that you can communicate respectfully and you can you can when you do get mad and you don't communicate respectfully that you don't completely tear each other down. You know that there is some love and adoration that it doesn't have to get abusive and to be in relationships with people who match that energy is priceless and match the energy that you need and want to hear your thoughts and your voice and they want to make you happy that is what we are looking for that is the goal okay so I hope that this was helpful in you determining what is the difference between codependency and compatibility in your friendships and your relationships. Hopefully this sparked some thoughts about either current or past relationships or future relationships and how you want to show up. So you learning how to be someone who's compatible or you learning how to attract or be in relationship with someone who's accountable. Remember, it's this all starts with you. It all starts with you learning who you are, what it is and what you want. And it doesn't matter how many lists that you have or what you want in a personal relationship or what your standards are. If you're not doing the internal work to get over all the ways that you will gaslight yourself or self-sabotage yourself um, when you start to get close to this or not know how to let people in or, um, you know, run when this is possible or not see the red flags where you think that you're with someone who's compatible with you, but you're actually entering a codependent relationship and you don't see that, oh, okay, here's here's the path and I'm walking on it. These are all the things that you need to work on. Otherwise, you will continue to be frustrated with this magic list, wondering why is it not manifesting or you keep getting so close, but yet you're so far. So this is your internal work. This is your internal um, homework to do. Um, these are the things that I help women work with in my recovery school program. We are having my open house for working together for the October cohort this Wednesday, uh, October 11th at 6.30 p.m. CST is where I go over what it looks like to work together, what you can expect, what the ob objectives are, how the program is laid out. Um, it is a lifetime access program so that we can grow together and work together and go through all of your changes and seasons together. And it's my most favorite thing. And so I would love to see you if you're interested in working together by going to blackgirlsheal.org slash open house. And I hope to see you there. So again, blackgirlsheal.org slash open house. And I look forward to welcome, welcoming all of my October cohort ladies to create the life and love that you want. So that's it for now. I will see you in the next episode. And as always, take care of yourselves. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. 
Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.